0: For the title, got it! Good snap. The hold is down. It's long enough. It is good! Welcome to another edition of In Play. I'm Craig Matic. It was 2011 and a milestone for South Dakota high school athletics. The South Dakota High School Activities Association sanctioned girls and boys soccer. In fact, South Dakota was the last state to sanction soccer. But we started sanctioned soccer with one class. We had a one-class system for two years before another class was added. And in those first two years with the one class, the number of schools involved was just enough to get it going. But today, as we prepare for the 11th state soccer championships, where is the sport of girls and boys soccer today? Now, involvement is much higher than 11 years ago, but today, there are nine Class A girls teams, there are 19 Class AA girls teams, and on the boys' side, there are 11 Class A boys' teams and 19 Class AA boys' teams. So how has the past decade treated high school soccer in South Dakota? Our guests today, they've been there from the beginning of Sanctioned Soccer and even involved with soccer well before Sanctioned Soccer got to South Dakota. Our guests today include Merle Askey of Aberdeen Central. Merle has coached Aberdeen Central for a long time. In fact, the very first girl state title was in 2012, a 2 two-to-nothing win over St. Thomas More. Following year, though, Aberdeen Central lost in the championship to Sioux Falls O'Gorman. 2 to nothing. Aberdeen Central girls have been in the state soccer title three times in the past 10 years. Our other guest today, Ryan Beyer of Sioux Falls O'Gorman. Ryan has had state titles on the girls and the boys' side for Sioux Falls O'Gorman. Ryan was the coach of O'Gorman's girls when they won their first title in the second year of sanctioned soccer. They beat the defending champs, Aberdeen Central, by 2 to nothing. And O'Gorman girls, they have been to the state title five times, winning a couple of titles. And Ryan, now coaching O'Gorman boys. The O'Gorman boys lost in the very first sanctioned tournament back in 2012 to Sioux Falls Christian, 2-1. to one. But O'Gorman boys, they've been to the finals three times. They have their only title with Coach Beyer in 2020. They beat Rapid City Stevens 2-1. to one. So today, it is sanctioned south dakota high school soccer on in play he's the longtime girls soccer coach at aberdeen central and he joins us on in play merle askey hey merle welcome to in play yep thank you very much so you've been at aberdeen central now for how many years uh this is my well since 2006 so always what got you involved with soccer in the beginning
1: well, I've been coaching since about 1992 and it was with my kid, my boys started playing. Um, so I kind of just kind of grew with them and, and the program doing starting with the rec stuff and getting into competitive and then getting into the high school when they were playing. And then I, I helped out at PC for a few years when my youngest was playing there. Um, and then in 2006, when Aberdeen Central sanctioned soccer in, um, in the school. They, they. I was asked if I would, you know, apply, apply for the girls' job. So that's why I took over the girls' program at the central.
0: What was the biggest challenge you had? Because, because you, you were coaching boys too. What was your biggest challenge, knowing that you were just going to focus on the girls' team?
1: Well, I, I think I think the biggest challenge was just was just kind of getting used to the the ins and outs of the of the program and and what what the girls were expecting and you know what what I was going to be expecting of them and just kind of growing pains both ways. You know, we. We went into the school for the first time, so they were school-sanctioned, so we had to change the way we, we went about things a little bit. Um, we got provided uniforms and stuff, and they were no longer riding in parents' cars. So that was the biggest thing, is just, just kind of transitioning into the, into the mode of, well, we're, you know, we're, this, is, this is just like all the other high school programs. There's a lot of excitement around it because um, you know, we were one of the first schools to do it. So. Um, and, and then with changing over to girls, I, I didn't really change my philosophy very much. It was just a matter of changing the way I had to communicate with them.
0: You know, before, before 2011, uh, when the debate was around for sanctioning soccer in the state, uh, what was your involvement? Uh, Did did you try to help out trying to get this, the association to, uh, to look at sanctioning state soccer?
1: Yeah, we, I mean, I was involved with, with our local, I mean, I'm still involved with our local club. So I, I was involved in just, you know, saying, Hey, this is, if we want, if we want to be like every other sport, you know, we need, this is something that needs to happen and, and we need to get, you know, we need to get people involved and, and what the understanding of is we're not, we're not taking anything away. We're actually providing them more uh, than what they're getting now. Um, And, and, you know, and just communicating with the other schools and trying to get all of them on board. It took, you know, it took a few years, you know, from, from 06 when we started to, to 2011 to get other schools involved and then it took a, you know, about two year, two or three years after that before everybody came on board.
0: So. Yeah, you know, in oh six when you uh, you kind of started it in Aberdeen, uh, was it was it different trying to schedule teams at that time since nobody else really was was involved with it at the, at that time?
1: Um, it, it really wasn't because the the the, the uh, school was very understanding of what we were doing and and they, you know and and we had people you know back then it was Larry Lovin working with uh, Gene Brownell the athletic director. And, and they understood that we were going to have to register with our local club to be a part of the state association so, so that the girls, so we could play. And once we, you know, so going that route, it really wasn't any change for us. It was just a matter of getting games scheduled. Once 2011, then it changed it a little bit because then we had the sanctioned teams that we, that we had to play. And then to get, fill in our games, then we had to try to pull games from the other teams that weren't sanctioned. Mm-hmm. That, that became a little more cumbersome then. Um, because we had to make sure we had, we wanted to play qu- good quality games, you know. But we had to make sure that we um, that we could fit it fit it in around those other teams because they had their club schedule as well because they were still having state championships at the club level too. So
0: when Aberdeen Central wasn't uh, sanctioned and before the sanctioned uh, part got here, uh, there was club soccer. How busy were you with club soccer and Aberdeen?
1: Oh, i was i was i was always involved one way or the other whether it was coaching teams or 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 helping out where i can you know i i was i was a referee for a long time so i i do and i do all the the local scheduling for the club so i was i was always involved with the club stuff you know when I was at pc i i backed off a little bit just because we were gone quite a bit in the fall and stuff like that but then um but i still help i still helped out in the spring and I still help out now in the spring with the with the scheduling, the referees and that kind of thing. And, and, and doing, doing the rec schedule to get all the kids playing the stuff. Cause you know, all these, just like every other sport, all these kids that are out there playing the sport are the ones that are, you know, we're building them to, to fill in our high school program when they get older.
0: So. Of course, Merle, when he talks about PC, that's a presentation college right there uh, yep. in Aberdeen. Did you, did you play soccer as a kid? No, no. You're about age is my age, too, where you know, we didn't have uh, soccer, really, <laughs> when we were yeah, kids. Yeah, no, I,
1: <laughs> I I, grew up west of the river uh, in, in, in Lyman County, so we did, you know, I played football and basketball, you know, but I was always, I was active in, in almost every sport there was, and, and as my kids grew up in sports, you know, I coached basketball, and I coached a little flag football, coached a little baseball, and just kind of, you know, with, that's something I always enjoyed doing was the coaching, so I, I just kept getting involved, and then we got into soccer and stuff, and as the kids got more involved, I got more involved, and the next thing you know, we're running all over the Midwest doing soccer
0: stuff. So. so you were involved with club soccer, and how did it prepare you when you knew that the State Association was sanctioning the sport? Was there any change that you were doing to prepare for that?
1: I, I think, I think the, biggest, the biggest thing is just make it, you know, when, once we were sanctioned, because we, it, it was old hat for us by the time everybody else came along. So basically just communicating with all the, with the other coaches, the other schools. You know, Gene Brownell did a really good job of talking of working with the athletic director so they understood, you know, what was all involved and what was going on. Um, but basically just, just keep the communication lines open with, with other people. In our community and what we are doing, but also other people, in, you know, in the other communities and stuff, and the and the other coaches saying, "Hey, just because you're being thanked doesn't mean you're going to lose your coaching job for the high school. You're just going to have to do things a little different. You're going to have to, you know, work within the within the school system, you know, and the because sco- the, the school is going to hire the best person for the job. But you know, at, at the outset, you know, and then as 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 the program is growing over the last few years, you see a lot more teachers involved in coaching. But that's because there's a lot more people who have played soccer and played at the collegiate level and stuff that are, they're going into teaching. So they, when they get into the school system, you know, that's kind of a natural transition to them is to keep their, keep their soccer stuff going by helping out with the high school teams and coaching.
0: Merle, let's uh, go back to 2012. It's a a one class system uh, with the uh, high school soccer, the finals, uh, the very first state finals and they're in Aberdeen and you're in the finals. Against St. Thomas More, if I remember, it was a very windy day uh, that day. What do you What do you remember about that that day? And what was your strategy with with the wind that day against a very good St. Thomas More team?
2: Oh, the, the
1: biggest the biggest thing I th- I think you know whenever we're playing in the wind, but especially in that game was was basically just to try to to stay within ourselves to keep you know to, to work work the ball around short passes. You know, keep the ball on the ground and, and not let the wind – try not to let the wind play in fact. because realistically you're probably not going to get a lot of shots that are going to go, – long-distance shots that are going to go in the goal unless the wind happens to push it in, you, you know. Um, so you're going to have to get closer. You're going to have to make sure that the, that you have a good angle for your shot. Um, and just basically, like I said, just, you know, find feet, you know, keep the ball on the ground and, and do, do your best. You're just going to have to fight through it.
0: Hey in Aberdeen you don't you you don't have to worry about the wind it happens all the time right <laughs> Yeah yeah the wind's a constant up here so we we if, if it's not blowing at least 20 miles an hour then it
1: doesn't feel, feel like a real game so
0: Um Aberdeen hosted the state soccer tournament uh, the first couple of years and I remember that first year was really windy but I believe uh, you'll have to remind me in 2013 you make it back to the state finals in Aberdeen was that was that the very cold day that year
1: the first year was when it was it was it was really cold. It was really cold both years, but I think the windy day it was it was it was like 18 uh, eighteen eighteen or nineteen degrees, and and then the, like it was almost a sub zero chill because the wind was blowing so hard. Well,
0: well, I remember that day too because you wore shorts that day. What is it with shorts and you there, Merle? When it comes to to coaching, well, it's, it's always it's
1: always kind of been it's always kind of been my philosophy. The kids are going to be playing in shorts, you know, the, that I'll be in shorts and. You know, it's just because it's soccer, it's, it's soccer season. Once soccer season's over, then we can cover up our lake, and <laughs> we're worried about staying warm.
0: But you made it back to the championship game. You're the defending champs, but you have to go up against Sioux Falls O'Gorman, and you fell in that match uh, two to nothing. What do you remember about taking on O'Gorman that year?
1: Well, I, I think the biggest thing is O'Gorman's always, you know, they were, uh, they were always good. You know, they always had quality players. And the biggest, the biggest thing like that, you know, is, again, it's cold. You know, the kids that, the, the, there's adversity you're facing before you even step on the field, and then you know face, facing them, it's just a matter of you know the, the team that gets that first goal or get, and put, takes the pressure off of them is usually the team that's going to survive a little bit. You know, and Warman and got that goal. I think it was late in that late in the first half, right before we and we went into halftime. So our girls were a little down, and the weather was getting at us a little bit, and then it was just it was just tough to get back. And I think early in the second half, they got their second. So then we, every, everybody starts pressing. We're trying to do things that we don't normally do. Um, some of the girls are getting outside of themselves, trying to do too much and turning the ball over in places where we normally wouldn't turn the ball over. So mm-hmm. we just couldn't get a rhythm going. And it's just, it just it gets tough sometimes. It, you know, soccer is a, a strange sport. It just, it just sometimes it gets tough. You can't just, you know, once once the other team's on a roll or once you just start pressing, it's tough to get back to where you can go forward. So,
0: Well, the first two years of sanctioned uh... – soccer in the state. You're in the finals. Then we go to a two-class system beginning in 2014. And Merle, over the past eight years, during this two-class system, there have been seven different girls teams that have won state titles in the last eight years. What does that say right now about double A girls soccer in South Dakota?
1: Well, it's, it's, you know, that's the thing is it's, it's, it's a pretty even group. You know, there's a lot of really good players out there. But, you know, and, and there's, so that makes a lot of good teams, you know, and all, all the teams, you know, every year, they, there's always going to be teams that are at the bottom, there's always going to be teams in the middle and stuff. But every year, there's seven or eight or nine or 10, sometimes even teams that, that, that legitimately, on uh, you know, if they get on a roll, when you get in the playoffs, you gotta, just got to, you know, win and continue. And if you're on a roll, you can, you know, you can beat about anybody on a given day, so.
0: Well, Aberdeen Central's last appearance in the state finals, Merle, 2019, lost to Yankton, 1-0. What, uh, what, was, what was that match like? What do you remember?
1: Well, the biggest thing about that match is, is it was a tight match go, you know, all the way down, and, and, and it was getting towards the end, and, and we were starting to play for, you know, both both teams were starting to think, oh, we're going to overtime. We're going to have to, you know, you know start preparing for that a little bit, maybe, you know, try to rest somebody if you can. Um, and then the ball came down and, and our our player went to clear the ball and it just happened to to bounce the wrong way. And it went right to their player. And I can't, I can't remember her name right now, but she was, she was their best player and, and she just took the ball and, and took a touch and, and hit it into that far post. And our goalie just couldn't get to it, you know, and it was just one of those things. And it's late enough in the game and just, you know, just like anything else, it's so late in the game that then you really feel the pressure and it's just tough to, you know, you start pressing what you really they really started pressing and we just couldn't get get a good opportunity after that. You know, we had a couple like we had one real early in the game that was that, that we just barely missed a header that went off the went off one of the posts that went wide. You know, if we happen to get that in, then we you know, maybe we still make it to overtime and then see how, how it goes. But just one of those things, you know, and, and you just can't you're not going to win them all but it's really tough when you when you lose a game weight like that
0: well we finished our first decade of sanctioned soccer last year we're in our 11th year in the playoffs uh, this year what have you seen that has changed the most about uh, girls high school soccer in the last 10 years
1: i i think i think the biggest thing is just it's just the the, the number of, of players out there you know there's a lot of players that are that are that are playing and the quality the quality of the games and stuff it, it seems like every year the quality of all the teams just gets better and you're seeing a lot better soccer you're seeing a lot a lot of a lot of things happening and i think it's you know maybe ho- hopefully we're getting you know more girls that are having the opportunity maybe to go on and play in college you know and because because just because of the quality because there's they, they know the competition is there you know and most of our players, you know, on, on all these teams, they're playing competitive soccer in the summer to get ready for high school soccer. You know, whereas it, when you get to, you get to other places in the country like in Texas and California, a lot of your top competitive players don't even play high school soccer. It's, it's thought of as, you know, as a step down from the competitive world. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, you know, we're, you know it's, just, it's just like, you know, basketball and everything else. There, you know, you have your traveling teams and things like that, but high school season is what everybody gears up for. And that's what we're seeing with soccer now.
0: I know girls have had a lot of opportunities in years past. Are we seeing um, the opportunities for girls, no matter what level in college or in university play, to, to go on and play play soccer?
1: Yeah, I think the opportunities there, you know, realistically, it's, it's, I mean, it's going to be work. I mean, no matter where you play in college, no matter what level you're playing at a college, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's basically going to be your job. So it's, it's going to be a lot of work. But the, the kids that really put in the work in high school and, and if that's what they really want to do, you know, there's 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 colleges out there for them to go play at. You know, they might have to travel a little bit, or or maybe they're going to have to go to you know a school that maybe they, everybody else thinks is not a very good school, just because you know because their soccer team is not very good. But in in college, you know, high school soccer, you know, is is get, getting you prepared for the world and getting you out there. And when you're in college, you know, the, the goal of most of colleges, yeah, you know, they want to make the playoffs and stuff, but most of them they just want to win their conference. You know, you win your conference, that's a good a good collegiate season for you. Cause, and then once you win that, if you get into the playoffs, and you just try to make a run like we do in high school.
0: Merle, over the years, was there any thought about maybe moving on and being a college soccer coach?
1: No, I'm more – that all the recruiting and everything else, and I actually don't teach in the school system. So I, I have I have a job with the state of South Dakota. So, you know, that was really kind of never – there was conversations a couple of times with, when presentation was looking. But just, uh, you know – Having to I wouldn't be able to keep my state jobs so that's that that's a big deal so uh-huh. you know you, you when you when you when you're talking about losing all your primary income and, and taking <laughs> taking a big pay cut it's kind it's kind uh-huh. of tough to do
0: what gives you the most enjoyment about being the girls soccer coach at aberdeen central I think just
1: seeing, just seeing the growth and maturity in the girls that we that come through our system you know we get them when they're you know seventh eighth, ninth graders when they start looking at the program and and then to see, see them mature through the program and, you know, and when, when they're seniors and stuff and see that leadership develop in them and, and, and see them go off, go off into the collegiate world and into their lives and stuff prepared for, you know, what, what's, what's ahead for them.
0: You've been there from the beginning, Merle, when things started in 2012. Where, where do you see girls soccer in the future in the state?
1: I think, I mean, it, it's going to continue to grow and it's going to be out there you know, it's just like all the other, all the other sports. There's, there's going to be ebbs and flows and in, in what's going on, but, but soccer is just a game that is really enjoyable. And the kids really love it because there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of different things that happen in the game. Um, so, so they, the kids just love playing soccer, you know, just, uh, you know, when they get into the sport, it's a really, it really, and it they keeps them really fit and it gives them a lot of, you know, they have a place to go run off all the energy they have. So. <laughs>
0: We are talking about South Dakota high school soccer, and it's in its 11th year as a sanctioned sport with the South Dakota High School Activities Association. Joining us is Ryan Beyer. He was the Sioux Falls O'Gorman girls coach when soccer was sanctioned, and now the boys coach at Sioux Falls O'Gorman. And Ryan, welcome to In Play. Appreciate it. Thanks for the time. So what were you doing with soccer before it was sanctioned in uh, 2012?
2: (laughs) Well, before that, um, so I've actually been at O'Gorman since 2000. Uh, So we had the uh, South Dakota High School Club League, um, similar to what, I guess, softball has had and a lot of the other sports have had kind of uh, prior to sanctioning. So. Um, I, I started off as a JV coach for a couple years and then I had the varsity since 2003, but we essentially had, uh, almost an identical league to what it is right now with sanctioning, but it was, um, essentially, uh, um, recognized by the school, but, but the kids and the parents had to kind of fit the bills for, you know, travel and those type of things, um, <clears throat> throughout Uh, my time at O'Gorman we have actually been uh, sanctioned and sponsored by our school that entire time but in that I guess transition time um, probably around 2010 uh, a few school a few more schools started started transitioning to being sanctioned Uh, so so there was a handful of teams even when we played in the uh, club league that were sanctioned by the school you know used their school, school vehicles and traveled. And, and, um, you know, I've, I've always taught at old Gorman for that whole time too. So that was obviously a, a plus, but, uh, in 2012, when they made the switch, it was kind of a, a couple transition years where more schools came in and then by 14, everybody was in. And that mm-hmm. kind of gives us our, our, Identical to what our present league is right now.
0: Nineteen schools in uh, boys and girls soccer in Class uh, AA. When it was yep. uh, when it was all club soccer, what were you involved with? I mean, that seemed to me it was spring, summer, and fall club soccer.
2: It, it, there essentially was was two levels of of club at that time. So we had our um, you know the traditional club teams where you know the kids travel to you know Omaha and Kansas City and those type of things. And those would would still be happening, but uh, South Dakota high school soccer, South Dakota club soccer, uh, made an agreement with um, all of the uh, South Dakota club teams in you know in the different towns that they would uh, shut down uh, and allow their kids to all play for their schools. So in Sioux Falls, for example, all of the 15 year olds play together on a on a seasonal club, and the 16 year olds play on a seasonal club, but in that fall season that august september uh you know this time of year those teams would shut down and then the the high school clubs uh you know roosevelt gorman lincoln and and all the schools were allowed to do um to do their thing uh for that for that time period and then when the season ended um and at that time we would still do a three-day uh tournament when those when those games were over then then those uh, you know kids could join their um, traveling club teams if you were if you will for for the for the rest of the year.
0: <clears throat> the number of girls, the participants um, with club soccer did it increase once sanctioned soccer came along?
2: Yeah, so I would say that um, for the boys and the girls what what the sanctioning of, of high school um, allows them to do, and I think this is across the board for, All sports is just gives them another opportunity uh, to play. Uh, It also gives maybe the kids who don't commit or don't want to commit to the year round um, travel schedule and whatnot that opportunity to play as well. So I I think overall it was probably, uh, you know, on, on, on given teams, we maybe had you know half the players would play in those season you know the the year long club and the other ones were just you know excited to be playing for their schools and and would kind of uh you know maybe tr- maybe they played with with those traveling teams when they were younger but then kind of wanted to commit just to the the fall season and and then what it also allowed too is you know those first handful of years we had you know kids that played multiple sports and, and still do you know we we'll have kids that play you know, soccer and basketball and do track. And, and that's, uh, you know, kind of the ultimate benefit of playing high school activities is that they can do, um, multiple sports at their school.
0: When did you get the itch for coaching soccer?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, so, um, uh, I, I've kind of always, um, you know, had it in my mind to be a teacher and a coach, you know, growing up, um, you know, I've, I've looked up to a lot of different coaches and had a lot of good coaches in, in multiple sports. Um, and, and I played basketball growing up and soccer growing up and, and the different coaches. But, um, actually when I was a, when I was a a soccer player at USF, um, I actually graduated and was kind of a, a GA, um, for one year. And then I took over the, the men's uh, varsity team, the men's team, as uh, for basically two years, and and during that time I was coaching uh, some traveling youth teams and club teams, and I just kind of, and I I don't think there's been a season since that that I haven't coached uh, some level of player in uh, <laughs> youth to, to high school to even above. So
0: Ryan, let's go to 2012. We have one class of soccer in the state first year of the state sanctioned soccer tournament, you didn't make it to the finals that year. You were the girls coach, but what kind of year did you have in that very first year of sanctioned soccer?
2: It, yeah. So that first year, um, you know, it was, it was, um, kind of unusual cause we, we had the, um, identical schedule, um, of the, uh, the, the previous year when we had the, the, the South Dakota club teams. Um, but then the sanctioned teams played in uh, a separate state tournament and, um, and then the club teams had, had a separate, had their separate thing. So we actually played um, our girls team did play Aberdeen in the finals that year and lost to Aberdeen in, in the finals.
0: 2013 though in 2013 uh you're playing aberdeen central um, and you win it two to nothing what do you remember about that very first uh sanctioned <laughs> championship
2: well it's funny because um both of those in 2012 and 13 um we actually had um a kind of a final four format where we played on a friday and a saturday and friday night of both of those weeks were probably the most beautiful soccer nights you could imagine. Uh, No wind, uh, you know, 50 to 60 degrees. And, and I I know that first year when we went out to play um, in 2012 on that Saturday night, I believe it was like 27 degrees at game time. Um, And in 13, um, there was a storm that came through midday and I know the wind was blowing about 40 miles an hour or more uh, at Swisher field there in Aberdeen and, in fact, we had to and, stop
0: for a while because there was a tornado warning going on. Uh, it,
2: it, yeah, earlier the in the day they Everdeen. did. So, yeah. so we were we were actually um, checked out of our hotel with our team, um, but they were they were um, gracious enough to give us uh, kind of the uh, vacant party room in in the basement, and we <laughs> we basically uh, kind of rode out the day uh, doing homework and killing time and whatnot, <laughs> and then. Um, But that night we got there and it was, the wind was blowing and, and we, uh, we did our best to kind of hang in there and and we scored two goals in the first half. Um, And, and we had actually tied uh, Aberdeen uh, earlier in the year, actually twice, had played them twice, uh, tied them earlier in the year, both times. So we knew it was going to be a battle and we, we came out on top.
0: Well, 2014 hits, and then we, we get the two-class system. But O'Gorman girls' soccer continues to roll because you make the state finals four years in a row. Um, yep. How, how do you uh, – what was the talent level with, with your teams? Because you, you made it to the finals in 13, so technically you'd made it five years in a row. What was uh, yep. the participations and the, the talent like that you had during that time?
2: Yeah, and we had a great group of kids, um, a great, I guess, culture, if you will, of of you know the younger kids coming in and learning from the older kids, and we just kind of really kept that going. Um, it was I was also fortunate enough to have um, in all four of those years I had Teresa Pajado who was a who ended up being becoming a two time uh, Gatorade Player of the Year. Um, and and ended up going on to Nebraska, and, and I think within that group of her her classmates, we had probably um, five or six other kids who went on to play um, college soccer. So very fortunate to have a, a great group of kids, and and then again, just having those younger kids always learning from the older kids, and just kind of keep that that transition and that culture going.
0: Got your second title in 2015. But, uh, you know, you lost a couple more state finals. Um, what did those appearances mean to your soccer team? You know, those, um, <laughs> you know,
2: you were always trying to get to those finals and, and you know, getting there is, is, is sometimes the, the, the main goal. And then what happens in those games is, is it, you know, you kind of just tell the kids you, you've gotten here and, and do what you can. And. Um, wins and losses as a coach you are always proud of those kids and, and what they what they move on and, and go and and I think you know the in 16 um, we actually hosted the the finals that year uh, at O'Gorman and it was um, <laughs> it was a really busy day for our players and myself I don't think I sat down all day running around helping keep everything organized and whatnot and
0: that was Rapid and it City was just, Central.
2: Rapid city central came in and, and we had played them the previous year, uh, in, in 15 and, and they had, they, I tell you what, they, they were absolutely focused and the first half was zero, zero. And, um, and they got a break in the second half and got a goal. And, and, uh, and, and literally I think they scored, um, three goals and in less than about seven or eight minutes. And it just kind of, we got, we kind of lost our wind and lost our momentum. And, and, and that you know again, just kind of the the atmosphere and everything. We were trying to keep it together and, and didn't quite didn't quite hold on to it. And then and actually that was the year all those those previous kids that I talked about graduated. Well, then in seventeen uh, we were the eighth seed, um, and didn't really didn't really know where we'd end up. But but we we upset a few teams and made the finals, and then uh, got beat uh, by Peer uh, in that in that seventeen year.
0: Yeah, Pierre went on a great roll. The following year, uh, Pierre wins another <laughs> title uh, in eighteen. Yep. And I want to mention too that uh, you know, besides your soccer skills uh, as a player, and certainly your skills as a coach, you uh, also have skills as a broadcaster because you, you you helped out you helped us out on South Dakota Public Broadcasting the year the blizzard happened in yeah. Rapid City. Yeah, that was <laughs> coldest that was 18 match I've ever and- been to.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, me too. Uh, you know, you and I are sitting in that little, little Coke trailer, uh, and, and honestly, you know, Pierre beat us in the semifinal that year. And, and so I was fortunate enough to to get, uh, to help you broadcast. And, and, uh, I, I don't know, uh, if our kids w- were that sad that they didn't, that they didn't have to play in that, in that blizzard, uh, at, at, you know, watching it on TV. <laughs>
0: Uh, it's amazing. I have been to, uh, every state uh, championship game except one, uh, over these years. And we've, we've, we've seen the weather at its, at its worst and its best. It's been so Uh windy, so cold. Harrisburg was beautiful. It was hot over in Mitchell, Uh, Sioux Falls. It was great. Uh, Huron was great. So uh, we're hoping uh, the, the nice weather continues, but you just never know. For sure. (laughs) Yep. For sure. So the boys soccer job comes open at Sioux Falls or Gorman what were you thinking at that time is th- your girls were doing really well
2: they were um, and you know I I it was a it was a very um, I guess fortunate um, blessing if you will because my son uh, in 18 my son uh, played as a freshman for Bryce holiday who was the who was the boys coach at the time and um you know Bryce was was just out of uh grad school and and had coached for a few years in town and then he uh was very fortunate to get a, 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 I guess a full-time career move uh out in Seattle Washington um it, he's a civilian but it was with the military and uh so the boys job opened up and and um I had had a long-time assistant uh Sheila Deere. Uh, On the girls' side, who actually played for us um, um, when she was in high school, and and then went on to Augie, and then was a teacher in our system and and an assistant. So the the I guess the the transition was fairly seamless, where she could take over the girls. She was familiar with all of them. She had been uh, my assistant for four years, and. And I knew all of the boys and and had been watching them play uh, since my son was a you know on the fresh a freshman on the JV team so I've been watching them play was familiar with their uh, you know what what they had and and so it just kind of um, in May of the of, of 19 uh, in the end of the school year is kind of when all that happened and and it it switched pretty pretty seamlessly
0: well you made it to the finals in 2020 and you get the, the boys. Only championship so far. You beat Stevens two to one as you're uh, the only coach to win a girls' and a boys' uh, soccer championship uh, in the state. But what do you remember about that win with Stevens?
2: Yeah, you know, um, the the biggest thing that I remember from 20 um, is, you know, we had had a a good team in 19, but they graduated, uh, you know, a handful of guys. So we were kind of um, confident in the young guys, but we knew it was going to take. a handful of weeks to kind of put it together. So, so we weren't necessarily in a hurry to, uh, you know, try to overhaul everything in a hurry. We were kind of taking our time and, and, you know, taking our humps and and some of the games and, and doing what we could. But, um, and in the end of the year, we started getting on a roll um, and we actually had to play um, the number two seed, the number three seed and the number one seed all the way through to get to the finals. And, And we were, Successful in that kind in that tournament run
0: what's it like coaching your son?
2: you know it's awesome um and and that's you know people ask me you know was well, it hard and and I would say um, I was very very fortunate um before, you know when that when that opening came up um I had talked to a couple of our o- gorman coaches who had who had coached their kids you know coach Roby coached his son in basketball uh coach um you know some of our other coaches have coached you know their their kids and and they said "If you can do it, absolutely don't turn it down and take that opportunity and I'm so glad that I did um you know it's 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 kind of a balance between you know home and and on the field and we we've been able to we were able to do that pretty good for for a few years just kind of balance that out and and very fortunate to have that opportunity.
0: And then uh, 2021 lost in the finals to uh, Yankton. Yankton got their first championship, but we're seeing Ryan that we're not seeing any real dominance in championships. Uh, I mean, Lincoln has had a couple. Washington, Aberdeen Central, uh, Roosevelt. They've had titles over the last 8 yep. years.
2: Yep. Um yeah, and and you know, that's what makes it fun and and you know, even um, yesterday we had our, our first round of playoffs, and, and you know new teams are popping up, and and you know upsets and whatnot. And and we always, uh, you know, for myself who's been here since the start, I would much rather have, um, y- you know, 10, 12 top teams than to have two or three, you know, dominant teams because it just makes soccer better around the state. And it's you know there's a lot of parity and and. Um, you know, really any night of the week, you know, any, any team can win. And, and then we see that, you know, even in the championships is, you know, last year when we played Yankton, they had a group of about, I I think it was 12, 12 seniors and they just came in and and they just rolled all the way through the season. Um, and, and, you know, they haven't, they haven't taken that many steps back. It's, it's just kind of, everybody just kind of taking their turn, um, and we're <laughs> we're trying to stay stay up there and, and compete as long as we can.
0: What are the opportunities for boys in South Dakota to go ahead and play soccer in college?
2: Yeah, great question. And and actually, as we speak, I'm on my way to my, my son. He's a freshman at Dork College um, to his game right now. But um, you know, for, for boys, um, it's 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 quite a bit different than than the girls' side because. You know, the girls have the D1 opportunities, and then that kind of trickle down to the D2 with the NSIC, and then into the, like, the GPAC, Great Plains Athletic Conference, where boys, it's a little different. Um, you know, we have the Great Plains Athletic Conference, which is NAIA around, around our area, um, and actually statewide, there's, there's some teams. Um, if you go to the west side of the state, where there's South Dakota School of Mines and Black Hill State, they actually play um you know they play west um in a division two conference uh if you go east into like minnesota there's some more d3 conferences so there's plenty of opportunities um it's just uh, it, it's not quite as tiered as maybe a traditional um football basketball that type of thing it's, it's more of a um find your um, find your academic fit find your your uh, athletic fit and and there's lots of great schools to play and, and you know the great plains athletic conference as as a whole is probably more um, comparable to like a division two conference um, just because of the lack of division twos for men's soccer in the area
0: Ryan, you've been involved with soccer your whole life. Uh, if there was no soccer, what would Ryan Beyer be doing? <laughs> <laughs> Just being uh, you a know, teacher, I, I suppose. <laughs>
2: yeah, probably still being a teacher. Uh, you, you know, I, I, I always have to throw this in that I have, I've also coached basketball for, for over 20 years now. That's at the junior high level. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'd probably still be coaching and doing something along that line. Um. So, so, yeah, for sure teaching, um, and, and you know, I enjoy coaching, um, you know, and, oh, and doing all those things, uh, you know, just working with, with kids and, and helping them get better at what they want to do.
0: And where is high school boys soccer heading in the future?
2: You know, I, I think it's, it's only going to grow. Um, we are um, – I'm on the soccer advisory, and we're actually looking at, at how we can help um, balance some schedules and do some things to maybe you know help add some more A schools and, and if and you know there's different cities and and in towns around the state who um, now are seeing um, you know more and more kids who are either moving in or or kind of growing up with you know youth programs in their town and they're they're now having enough kids where they can maybe. You know try uh uh you know a boys team or a girls team in their towns and and that's only going to keep growing as much as you know the exposure you know i think soccer's on tv you know multiple times a week now uh you know the world cup's coming here this you know here in another month so people are seeing more and more of it they're understanding more and more of it they're willing to try it and i think it's just going to keep growing
0: If you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Programs such as this are only possible through the continued support of our listeners like you. For South Dakota Public Broadcasting, I'm Craig Maddock. Join us again on the next episode of In Play.